Cure, Conversations with Jed Wheeler, is presented by the Office of Arts and Cultural Programming and Peak Performances at Montclair State University. Welcome to The Talking Cure. I'm Jed Wheeler, and I'm here today with the amazing, the unbelievable, the absolutely gorgeous Richard Alston, who's come all the way across the Atlantic to perform at the Alexander Cassery Theater. Richard, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm so glad to see you. I'm delighted to be here. It's sadness, isn't it? Um, yes. Yes, because the company is closing. Funding has changed in England. Like everywhere, there's difficulties with money. Uh, and um, the organization that's my umbrella organization, um, the building called The Place, is, is prioritizing now much younger artists, um, so why they couldn't have found the money for both of us, I'm not quite certain, but uh, but there you are. But meanwhile, I have to say, uh, I'm absolutely defiant about not dwindling away, not ending with a whimper. Um, and the dancers are dancing amazingly at the moment because we've got to a point now where there are less than 10 performances before we finish on the 8th of March. So these performances are very special to the company. Well, it's very special to have you here, but it's always special having you here. And this is, if I'm, I may get it wrong, so correct me, but this is at, at least the third visit of the company. I think it's the fourth. Fourth. I think you're absolutely yes. right. I, was yes. gonna, I tend to underestimate myself. <laughs> but I think it's the fourth visit. Each one has been an, a delight. Um, and I prefer to think about all of that. I mean, the uh, what, the musicality, the physical artistry, the invention of movement and relationship to music. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. Let's talk about what is in your soul, which is the music of dance. Yes. Yes. It. Uh, um I was never a great dancer, but I could move, and uh, uh, I always, it was always music that made me want to move. And um, as, as you know, Jed, I went in the 70s, 75, I went to study with Merce Cunningham uh, at a time when there was music in the classes then. There was a wonderful pianist called Pat Richter, and she used to play and sing Broadway songs, and Merce absolutely adored her. Mm. And then later on in the day, they would be rehearsing, and one day I looked through the door and I saw them moving in silence because, of course, they separated. John Cage and Merce separated music and dance. And, uh, um, and I just thought very, very clearly, I know I'm not capable of doing that. I know I'm not capable of moving in silence, uh, I, I, I would be, I would, I would always be listening to the music when the music arrives. I once spoke to a Cunningham dancer after a particularly wonderful performance, 
uh, an event where, Mon- where Meredith Monk sang. Oh, and, and it was devastating. It was absolutely extraordinary. And when I spoke to the dancer in the company after saying that must have been so extraordinary, that must have been so extraordinary to dance to her amazing voice. Uh, and the dancer replied, oh, we don't listen to that stuff. And I thought, well, there's something wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> there's, something, there's something to me that, that flies in the face of nature. You know, human beings have been reacting to music since 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 a few rocks were were chucked together for percussion, you know it's been going on forever, and it's a deep, deep human reaction well once i mean um at one point, maybe the second visit um you came up to me and said, uh, you know, I'm so surprised that you like what I do. I didn't expect that you would." And uh, it gave me a little pause. I thought, really? And then, but the more I've immersed myself in your work, the more I understand that how unique it is. Um, and it's that uniqueness that attracts me. It's the unique relationship. I mean, unique is actually an only a serviceable word to explain how music and movement through your vision um, unite. I mean, marriage gives you the idea that maybe you can divorce. Yes. But in your case, it's deeper than that. And there's such a purity of movement and music um, that I find, and I'll use this word with uh, some caution, um, to be avant-garde. Um, that uh, the movement and the music find a relationship, they create something absolutely unique. And I just wanted to let you know that that's the well, source of my interest and passion for your work. Well, I thank you for that. Um, I know. I know that uh, my, my what is my passion is dealing with something which could be seen as conventional, and working extra hard to make sure that it is it is of such a level that it's not just conventional, and and yet not abandoning the things that I I deeply believe in. You know, I just believe so much in something extraordinary that happens between music and dance. And it would happen with choreographers who don't necessarily listen to the music, but the audience puts it together. And that's what I used to find always when I went to see Mercy's performances. The audiences would be listening to whatever John Cage or whoever the composer was, and they would automatically connect it to what they were seeing. Um, the very first piece that... I, I was at Rombert, as you know, Ballet mm-hmm. Rombert. Yes, I do. And uh, most, the first piece he gave us was a piece called Fielding Sixes, which came out of Roratoria, which is this big piece full of Irish music. So the music was cassettes of Irish musicians. And uh, when we took it on tour in England... All the audiences thought that the dancers were dancing to the music. 
and it was because there was such a dancey rhythm in the music, mm. and it's quite possible that the dancers were, because they would listen to it. Um, I try to find, well, I've been very happy to find them, um, but dancers who I, what I call sing with their bodies, they, they internalize music. They don't listen to it on the outside. Um, and then for me, the, the important thing is to not fall into what is usually called Mickey Mousing, um, when you just, you know, when it's like a cartoon and when, when Mickey hits the floor, it goes bam. So you don't, <laughs> you don't just follow the music absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating to me to see how I can make the connection with the music really clear, make the breathing of the dance with the breathing of the music, um, and yet uh, allow it to have its own life. Well, I think you do that perfectly. And the other aspect of the work, which I love, is it's filled with surprise. Um, there is um, the unexpected is throughout the work. Um, uh, and it's that that's a joyful experience. Um, also, I don't see that very often. I mean, there's not that the world is filled with cliches, but it is in many ways. And and um, your work is not. Your work is unique. Um, and I'm a big, big fan of surprise. <laughs> well, so am I. Yeah. So am I, you know. Um, and very often I'll say to a dancer in, when I'm making a piece, no, don't go that way. Go this way. And someone in the audience is going to go, <gasps> That's right. Yeah. You know, you also said something just now, which I, I think also uh, is very much um, of our, certainly of my generation, I don't know, and yours as well, is that um, not only is it what you put on the stage and what you elicit from both musicians and 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 dancers, but it's also what each member of the audience brings and it will allow themselves to discover and bring to the performance. Um, talk a little bit about that because I, I I don't hear that very often in what might be called modern or contemporary dance at all. It's it's more of a postmodern convention. Yes. Um, okay, that's a very interesting question. Um, I don't seek out an audience reaction, otherwise I'd be working on Broadway. Um, so I, I don't look for that kind of effect, but I do all the time. First of all, I'm, I'm absolutely inspired by the humanity of dance. Mm. Uh, uh, I've never made a dance, well, not for a long time anyway, where it, where it would, could be described as abstract. It's always about human beings. And so sometimes people tell me that they find my dancing, the dances that I make, uh, um, life-enhancing or life-affirming, uh, and, and I do nothing but love that when they say that. 
uh, I myself, when I see dance that excites me, leave the theatre absolutely exhilarated, mm. and I seek, I do seek, I seek for that to happen in my work if I possibly can, and um, and I guess one of the things that some people think my work is pretty old-fashioned, so be it. Uh, what what I feel is that in a very very ironic world. I, I am absolutely unafraid of beauty. I think beauty is a really important thing in 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 this existence, uh, and it, it it feeds me all the time when I seek out things that I think are beautiful or expressive of human beauty or whatever. And so um, I'm very straightforward about putting that into the work, and I know that both here and and in Britain, the audiences are very passionate about that. They come and mm. see us every year, and they um, in in Britain they come again and again and again. And so I'm quite distressed on their behalf that we that we cannot go on. I'm I'm not going to finish making dance, so I'll find a way of showing my dances to people. But uh, it was after a performance here out just by the stage door, when someone in the audience, one of our visits, rushed up to me and said very quickly, America needs you, and then they ran away. (laughs) (laughs) But I was quite excited when they said that. (laughs) Well, you know, America, I mean, I think more than just America, I mean, I think everybody, the world needs you. And... Uh, you made how many dances? Seventy dances? Oh no, a hundred and something. Uh, I've made much too many. Uh, uh, it's all a great learning curve, and a lot of them have quite rightly disappeared. I mean, there's are films of them, what have you. But I know that the work I'm doing now is more assured. I can take the trouble to absolutely make sure that it's every bit as good as I could possibly make it, and I know more now about how to do that. And so I find that, you know, uh, dance is very often pigeonholed as something for the young and done by the young, but it's an art form, and mature artists in any art form are, I think, really important. So so to have witnessed Martha Graham, to have witnessed Merce Cunningham, uh, to have witnessed Trisha who had to stop when she was 70, uh, but still, uh, I think the mature voice of a choreographer is something to be to be uh, treasured. Oh, well, I think it's... I mean, the mature voice needs the um, responsive uh, vessel in a dancer. Um, that's actually what worries me the most about the change that's going to happen in next month. Um, And I see it, we don't have that here in this country, actually. Uh, The continuity of relationship between dancer and choreographer, um, it it doesn't happen. And I have many friends who are estimable, world-class choreographers who don't have the, uh, are not seeing their work. 
the way they imagine it because yes. they don't have the dancers yes. in the sense of yes, continuity of dancers. I, I, I can't deny that that's a possible worry. Um, I've learned a lot over the years about how to encourage and enable dancers when I've worked with other companies. Um, I mean, there are companies that work consistently, mostly ballet companies, of course. Mark Morris's company has worked very consistently. Some of the dancers have been there for a long, long time. Yes. So they have a real understanding of his work, which... which um, um, and it shows. Yes, absolutely. You see it. Yes. You feel it. Yes. So that's why these performances for me are very, very special. We've had very good responses in the years. We've toured quite a lot in the States. But uh, this is the last time that this company, that the dancers whom I've worked with, uh, some of them have been with the company for eight years, and uh, it, 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 you're absolutely right. It's unassailably the true voice. Mm. They they know what it is I want. And then also, if I say, no, I don't want that, they understand. Um, well, and their commitment to you is quite special. That's something to behold. Um, you know, when an individual gives themselves to the choreographer for an extended period, for their life, really... Um, that's immeasurable, unrepeatable. Well, the truth is that dancers often stay with the company a long time, and then young people today are under a lot of peer pressure that they should not necessarily stay in one place. And so at a certain point they say, oh, I think it's really important that I move on. And uh, I do nothing to discourage them, but neither do I encourage them to leave. But the thing is that time and again, they've come back to me and said, I had no idea how extraordinarily I was looked after with this company. Now that I've gone and worked with other companies and I see what the conditions are, uh, I realized there was something very special here. And... Um, that's, of course, very frustrating for me to hear, but it's also very uh, well, heartwarming. <laughs> it's, well, it's very true, and, it, and it's evident on the stage, and I'm looking forward to seeing the work here. Um, let's talk about the Queen. The Queen? The Queen. What about her? Did she give you, did she, when you were knighted? Oh, I see. <laughs> were you knighted? Did you have to kneel down? Yes. And they, yes. They, they, she took a sword and no, but the tapped queen you on the, the shoulder? It's too exhausting now, so the queen is now no, quite understandably doesn't do those. She doesn't give honors any longer, apart from one or two famous footballers or something like that. But uh, uh, I had the Prince of Wales, and uh, I had at that time, this was what, a year ago, two years ago, and I had a very bad injury. I had a, 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 a an Achilles that had come away from oh. my heel bone. So I had this big surgical boot on, and uh, so I arrived at the palace in a, in tails and white tie <laughs> and pinstripe trousers and this big grey inflatable boot, you know, the ones which... <laughs> and... Um, 
They were very sweet. They were, and I tell you something. You know, I haven't been to the Buckingham Palace very often, but I have been long enough to know that over the years they have added more and more discreet access vehicles, as it were, like elevators and even small elevators up a, up a flight of steps, and they somehow fit them into all this extraordinarily grand architecture. Mm. So um, when I arrived there, there were two also very, very nice young gentlemen who were part of the palace staff, and they had been designated to make sure I was all right. So I was looked after by them. I went into this big, plush, velvet room, which was, which was reserved for damehoods and knights, and I think CBs. And I saw this little... I'd seen it on online, so I knew that there was this little kneeling cushion with, thankfully, a rail around it, okay? <laughs> yes. So I had begun, being a choreographer, I had begun to work out how I was going to manage to kneel uh, uh, with this huge boot on and not able to do a lot with my leg. So when I got there, uh, I thought, oh, look, they had one in the corner. So I thought, okay, this is good, I can practice so I did. I, I sorted, sought out how to how to how to go down without any kind of dread of making a complete fool of myself and landing at the feet of royalty. So I did it, and I finished, and I, and I went. And then these two young men came through the door, and they said, "Oh, uh, we've been sent to find out whether you're capable of kneeling, but we've just seen you do it." <laughs> and, and I said, well, I'm a choreographer, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's, so uh, uh, now there's, so of the 175 dances, there's now 176th um, called the Queen's Kneel. <laughs> I think it's great. So um, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever... No, met a, a a real bona fide sir. Are you a sir? Yes, I am. I we, am, but you don't have to use it. <laughs> but the nice thing about it is, I tried to explain when I when I uh, when I was here earlier, a year ago, whatever. Um, uh, and they said, "Oh, Sir Alston." I said, "No, no. The nice thing about being a knight is you're Mister Alston, but when you're a knight, you're Sir Richard. So it's actually much more friendly." <laughs> yes. Don't call me Sir Alston. I'm Sir Richard. Well, Sir Richard, you are you are someone to behold. <laughs> I, you know, I'm. I, I actually, you know, I'm not. I'm not terribly worried about the next steps for you. Actually, I mean, as I say, my my regret has to do with um, the time and energy and personal investment that the dancers have made in understanding and believing in your way of creating work, um, which is unique, uh, as well as should be. Every artist is an entity unto his or herself. Um, that's really where my regret comes in. For you, I, I know you're going you're gonna to still soar. There's not. This is not. This is just a a new platform coming up. Yes, it's. Um, I can only put this one way, which may sound strange. It's quite important for me not to be certain 
uh, I, I, I have I've been hugely fortunate to be funded sufficiently to work as it were like a backroom boy to work in my own studio in the place with a succession of dancers on developing my work and my work of dance and music for 25 years uh, I've choreographed for over 50 years but but this last 25 years, I know, have been an ideal situation which I have really worked very hard to make sure that I'm taking proper advantage of. I've never taken it for granted. I know that my understanding of what I'm trying to do has grown, and so I'm absolutely hopeful that I can translate that to the right company, not just go anywhere, but to actually translate that. When I worked, I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, I gave a ballet to Miami City Ballet. Yes. And Lourdes Lopez was terrific, and her staff were terrific, and the dancers worked incredibly hard, and they were really wonderful to work with. So... So I'm excited about that kind of possibility and uh, and and nervous about what you were talking about, which is finding oneself accidentally in a place where people say, well, what's that? Why do you want me to do that? But, but I, I'm pretty good with people. I'm pretty good with, you know, I'm very happy in the studio. I'm very, very happy with dancers making work or talking about work or teaching work. Uh, uh, I don't get angry and lose my temper. I don't see the point. As far as I'm concerned, if these young people have learnt to do movement which can be of use to me, then they are on the side of the angels. Mm. They are exceptionally intelligent people who have made a wonderful choice. And and so I feel very appreciative of them, and 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 they are, if you like, my friends. They're my family. They're my huge family. I can see you buoyed by the uplift of creative angel wings. <laughs> I can see you flying across continents. Well, Make that'll it. be something to behold. <laughs> Well, before we sign off, what would you, is there a, of the program here, um, do you have a favorite? Do you have, are you excited about seeing something here that you might not have seen elsewhere? What? Um, I love this auditorium and I love the stage and we always make it as wide and as open as possible and, and, and my technical team and your technical team have been working on that and and the stage looks terrific so I know that the work will flourish on it uh, I think this is a pretty damn good program I've brought pieces which I do wholeheartedly love uh, the Monteverdi is music that is so beautiful that I think I was inspired to to make things which moved me. So I I it and it seems to seems from what I hear when we're on performing in England that it moves the other audiences too. So I, I love that piece. Uh, um, the Britain piece, Shine On, 
was my farewell to the company, if you like, and I chose Britain because I've worked with Britain more often than any other composer, and it was commissioned to be to be premiered at uh, Oldborough, so I was given that wonderful support in the marvellous mm. maltings there. Uh, and it's works by, words by W.H. Auden, and uh, it's very, very... Um, I think it's worked really, really well. I'm very proud of it, and and it's a way of it's called Shine On because that's in the words by by uh, Auden, but I explained in the program note, I've called it Shine On because I know these dancers will shine on after I've finished with them, and I really hope that my work will shine on. Well, Richard, I mean, each time that you've come here, you've you've given us um, something special. You've given us. Uh, um, well, you've given me something special too, Jay. You know, you're a very unusual presenter, very generous. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, you support artists in, ex- in an extraordinary way. Well, um, an artist such as yourself deserves support forever. Shouldn't stop. Should There should be no end to the amount of support because you give so much of your heart to the performers and the performance, to the field, to your audiences. So I'm grateful for you, and I cannot wait for Thursday to come sooner. I want it to be immediate. I want to see what you have to offer. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.